And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams, your host with Ford Taylor. Ford, always good to see your smiling face. Great to see you, PW, always. Thank you. People kind of laugh when they hear that. I don't know if they think we're sitting in a studio, some uh, a high affluent uh, LA or New York or Austin, Texas. Uh, we do it the old-fashioned way. We work hard. We're, uh, we never know where we're going to be. So uh, uh, Zoom audio is our uh, platform of choice. <laughs> Ford, we got a very special guest today, uh, joined by Dr. Paul White, co-author of The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Dr. White, welcome. We are uh, uh, happy and extremely uh, honored that you've uh, joined us here today. Well, thank you, Pat and Ford, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, Ford, I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to hand it over to Ford for a uh, a proper intro. I, I love the story on uh, how you guys met. Dr. White, as you know, uh, Ford has a heart for any great information, and he's been a fan of yours. And I'm sure it's uh, it's rare how someone in uh, in both of your businesses, uh, how he quotes you, um, likes to let others know about uh, the quality of your book, the information, uh, how uh, valuable it is, and uh, he gives you the credit. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, Pat, you may not know how much money I pay him every year to say those nice things. So anyway. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Let me give you my address, Paul. You must be sending that to the wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Paul, first of all, thank you for all you do, the impact you're having on so many lives now around the world. Yeah, I, I do love, and I'll share this quickly because I really want to make this about you and your book, your new book that's coming out. Uh, the impact you're having. I'll never forget when I heard from you because I'd been teaching on the five love languages around marriage in our training. And then I'd been sharing with people, could I share with you how to apply this in the workplace? And we had a, a two pager that someone, if you remember, had given us quote permission, unquote to use, mm. thinking we had permission from your office. And when you saw it, you realized it had not come from your office. Uh, you called me and we chatted and I said, uh, and you asked me, have you, did you know I've written a book on this? And I said, no, I said, where is it? And, uh, and then you immediately sent me a two pager that we could put in our manual uh, so we could keep doing it. And, and, you know, then I went, not only read, read your book, I went through all your training, uh, became certified and, you know, for someone to put in that kind of work that just tells you. Uh, how good your stuff is and how appreciative I am of it. And all the training that we do, the consulting that we do everywhere we go, uh, we put it in, we encourage them to buy your program, buy your books, because it it just takes everything we do to a, a whole nother level. So thank you being the kind of leader that quickly works alongside other people that don't see people as competition, but as completion. Thank you for being that kind of leader. And thank you for yeah, joining well, us today. Thank you for your support. I really, it's encouraging to me. Absolutely. Well, tell us how you got involved with the five languages and how the book got done. Let our audience know that because we want to give practical, implementable tools today of how to apply some of these things. Sure. So uh, I grew up in the context of a family owned business outside of Kansas City. And uh, uh, did not work in it as an adult, uh, but remained involved. And some friends of mine that were business consultants kept running into family issues, and they knew about my background. So they approached me, and I wound up 
teaming up uh, and traveling around the United States, primarily uh, working with family issues intertwined with the family business, and largely business succession and how are you fair and how do you communicate with the next generation, all that. And I was actually in North Carolina meeting with uh, an owner and his son and was talking to this owner. I said, you know, how's the plan going? And he says, it's, it's going well. My son's stepping up. I think it's going to work. And so then I walk across the hall and ask the son the same question. He says, this is a disaster. It's never going to work. I can't ever please my dad, you know, and, and I could identify with that. But at the same time, my wife and I were reading the five love languages by Dr. Chapman, probably over the third or fourth time, because I'm sort of a slow learner on that stuff. And uh, uh, I thought, you know, I wonder if this could, you know, apply to the workplace. So I actually pursued Dr. Chapman for a year. He had a very effective uh, assistant that would scream out crazy callers. And, uh, but I got to meet with them and pitch the idea. And so uh, we worked on developing an online assessment tool, which became our motivating by appreciation inventory, and then some training materials, and then wrote the book together. And that, the book originally came out in 2011. We rewrote it in 2019. And, and uh, so it's gone well. And, and I'm just really thankful for the opportunity. Well, I'm thankful you finally got through. Yeah, uh, and that y'all did this together because you are impacting lives all over. Okay, PW, I know you got some questions. So, well, I just I have to ask, um, Paul, is it shocking to you that companies continue to do the same thing over and over and over, and even generationally, um, what you teach is seems like common sense. It right. seems like a no brainer. Why would someone not stop the presses and immediately uh, implement these strategies uh, in the workplace? But what it seems like people like conflict and, uh, <laughs> and people quitting and having to hire new people. And uh, I don't well, get it. You know, well, first, I explain I'm a psychologist, and that means I went to school for a really long time to be able to learn the lessons to teach people that their mom and their grandma were trying to teach them what they, when they were little, if they would have listened, then they didn't have to see me now. So you're right. It's pretty common sense. And I, yeah, I don't know, but just recently I had an experience with a major, one of the top three to five uh, tech companies in the U S and they're implementing sort of a recognition kind of thing. And they're like 10 years behind the marketplace. And I'm like, are, you know, it's sort of like, letting people send a little note and, and then maybe earn some points to turn in for some logo wear, <laughs> which it's just like, you know, that stuff doesn't work well for most people. And it's like, I, I'm just amazed at how some people who are very bright in certain areas just don't get it in others. And, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons, but, but it is amazing. You know, and I'll have employers tell me, you know, we pay our employees and that's our appreciation, you know, <laughs> And it, and that's fine. I'm, you know, in one sense, I, I'm not here. I'm going to change everybody in the world, but those are the kinds of places that have the highest turnover rates, right? Uh, because we know that when people don't feel valued and appreciated, 79% uh, of people who leave voluntarily say that, you know, one of the main reasons they're leaving is they didn't feel appreciated. Yeah, and Paul, you're right on because I, you know, you and I both do some of the same kind of work. We we come at it from two different angles, but we do so much of the same stuff. So, uh, in your experience, as you've gone out and done this work, uh, tell us some of the differences of the language of appreciation 
preferred by the different age groups because you know all these different uh, different age groups have different viewpoints on it what, what yeah. are you finding there yeah well you know what's interesting first of all is that words of affirmation uh is the most commonly preferred language um in most work settings we just completed uh, some research with the military and found out that that's not their top language. Theirs is acts of service. But in the general population, 45 to 46% of everybody, uh, you know, desires praise verbally, which is a big group, but it's still less than half. And so if you only use words, you're missing from the get-go, you know, half of your employees. Um, quality time is about 25 to 26%. Acts of service is about 21, 22. Tangible gifts, which a lot of employee recognition programs use to try to reward people, uh, is only 6%. And people repeatedly say, you know, if I, if I get a gift, but I never hear anything, nobody ever stops by to see how I'm doing or help me out when I need help on a project, it feels pretty superficial. But for, from a generational point of view, uh, the younger the generation, the more likely they value quality time. But it's important to distinguish that what you and I, Ford, think about quality time is not what they're th thinking about. For us boomers, quality time meant time, individual time with our manager or supervisor, where we could, you know, they we felt like they were, you know, demonstrating that we were important to them. We could give them some input or get, uh, you know, uh, get some instruction. For younger workers. Uh, I, in fact, I tell managers, just because you have a team there that wants quality time doesn't mean they want time with you. I mean, you may be great, you may be wonderful, but what they want is time with their peers. So they want to you know, get together, go to lunch or go out after work together or maybe get together, watch sports. So it's really important to understand that that's becoming more and more the case for younger workers. And interestingly, at the end of your career, you know, we do service awards for how long you've been in the company and, and retirement kinds of things. And usually we use gifts. Well, <laughs> for the oldest uh, employees, gifts is the lowest. It's only 2% of people choose gifts. And what they want is they want words, but in a very specific way. They want words about how they and their life have impacted you. They don't want just sort of words about what they've done or accomplishment, but about who they are and the impact that they've had. Oh, that's great. Well, let me, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm blown away by what you just shared. Uh, A, because I, I believe it to be 100% true, but I've been harping. I, I have a client that I've been talking to about all the swag. They call it swag, right? Right, oh, right. The swag company. And this particular company has a need for what you do. It has a need for what Ford does. And they said, well, we can't afford it. Oh, yeah. So Ford knows me, you know, I go talk to the COO. I start digging around on what they spent on swag last year. This is a multi-city uh, multi organization with 500 plus employees. And I said, hey, can you share? I'm not going to do anything with the information except kind of process a little bit, but I've got a plan. Can you tell me what you spent on swag? And it was north of $400,000. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, so <laughs> the same company told me they can't afford behavior uh, leadership uh, 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 workplace training. But, and I said, well, do yourself a favor. Why don't you just take 25% of that budget, <laughs> right? Exactly. Still give a little bit of swag out. But now yeah. I can add something to it, Paul. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> exactly. And I, I was working with 
a major beverage company that you would know the name of and doing training. And they really resented, they communicated clearly, they resented all the logo wear because they basically felt like they were walking billboards, you know, and that it wasn't for them. It, it had at least a secondary in, intent from the company and it didn't feel genuine uh, or authentic to them. PW, you got to be more careful because you know in my first career we built the largest decorated sportswear apparel company in America. And now you're <laughs> you're stepping on my swag, man. But uh, yeah, I get it, I get it. But I'm so uh, I'm so glad to have an expert like Paul just confirm everything I thought about swag. So thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know Paul uh, in our training and when I you know I consult over the course of a year typically. And I recommend approximately five books uh, over the course, and yours is one of them. Okay. Another one that uh, I recommend is called Millennial Engagement in the Workplace because hmm. it so connects with what the research you found, you know, the difference between the silent generation baby boomers. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing that because it, it's so hard to get guys with the hair color that you and I have yeah. <laughs> to really grasp and understand this. So another question, uh, I know you talked about the military, okay? Uh, we've done work in the military also, and you said that what, the research there, have you found any other differences across industries that, that may be big? Yeah, we just we just published uh, some uh, this uh, last week in Strategic HR Review and where we compared the results, uh, the preferences that the groups choose for their uh, primary language appreciation and included schools, K through 12 schools, medical settings, uh, government agencies, nonprofits, military and remote workers. And uh, what was interesting is that in the two places that there's some actual limits on gifts, which is the government and military, those really go low because people realize they can't do it anyway. Um, and the military, like we said, acts of service was the big thing. And in fact, I just returned from speaking to McConnell Air Force Base here over the lunch hour and we were talking and they said, yeah, because it's about the mission. It's about getting the task done. And that's what they, they want. And so any help with that. And just to clarify, acts of service isn't rescuing a low performing uh, colleague. It's really when somebody's facing a big challenge and time limited, they got to get it done. What can you do to help? You know, whether that's sort of monitor, you know, interference as far as like phone calls or whatever, or maybe they delegate a little something to you. Um, interesting also in the medical field, acts of service uh, goes up about equivalent with words um, because, you know, we, we've been in a really difficult time period for medical providers and they're just overworked. And so it's like help them get stuff done uh, is really important to them. Um, and But interestingly, almost everybody, it varies a little bit, but words continues to be pretty much the same, except for military was the first time anybody really picked acts of service uh, as primary over words. Uh, that's so good to hear. Uh, you know, one of our clients is called VA Claims Insiders, and they help vets get their full benefits hmm. uh, and just so you'll know they're big fans of yours also if you'll notice they're on the zoom screen you'll see that i have my two love languages and because they are all over the country that's one of the things after we do the love language training because i spent hours with them in october 
doing some of that. They actually printed t-shirts and they put all the love languages on it and everybody had to mark their top two, but uh, taking off all the stuff I've learned from you, I said to them, since you're all over the country, why don't you put your love languages on your Zoom? And so everybody will know, you know, when you're talking to people, because there are some things, touch is a tough one on Zoom, but that's not in your profile. It's in your book for right. obvious reasons. Um, but hey, and uh, let me let me mention that real quick. I was so, going to ask you that next. Explain to people why it's in the profile. It's in the book, but not in the profile. Well, yeah, two things. One, is we, Dr. Tab and I talked about, it. do we include it or not? Because it's a difficult thing. But one, we, we believe that appropriate physical touch can be deeply meaningful and healing in the appropriate situation and relationship when somebody's had a traumatic event or really under stress and in healthcare and senior care living. Secondly, we didn't want to advocate a second uh, a touchless society even in the workplace because we just feel like it's it's there and it happens. I mean, largely we talk about spontaneous celebration. It's a high five when you finish a project. It's a fist bump when you solve a problem. Maybe a congratulatory handshake. And so it's there and also cross culturally because you know we do some work internationally uh, for our Hispanic, Latin, Southern European. Uh, 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 clients, you know, they're more physical, you know, they kiss on the cheek when they breed and all that. Uh, so it feels very cool to them not to have any kind of physical touch. Uh, but as far as like physical touch uh, virtually over Zoom, one of the things that neuroscience is showing is that a warm greeting, a personal greeting, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, smile, and being pleased to see somebody uh, creates the same inner uh, physiological response is a, a sense of joy. And I, I think that's what we can do on Zoom is to give a warm greeting and, uh, you know, smile and um, just, uh, you know, acknowledge them and how, how glad you are to see them. So, yeah, it's not physical, but but I think it, the message gets through. Paul, hey, Paul, I, hope yeah. our team, I hope our team listens to what you just said, because one day we had our whole team on a Zoom and I took a quick snapshot of it and then I shared my screen. I said, so, how many of you would hire the people that of this snapshot? How many of these people would you oh, wow. hire? Your, that is brutal, man. <laughs> to be your executive coach, your consultant, or your trainer. There was yeah. only one person smiling. I said, come on, guys. We got to practice what we teach. So I'm hoping our team listens to what you just yeah. said. Go to the PW. Hey, Paul, uh, if you don't mind uh, putting your uh, training hat on for a second, uh, you said uh, words of affirmation continues to be the um, the most sought after uh you know of those languages um role play with me here a second uh we're on an airplane we're getting ready to land uh i've got five minutes we've talked about what we do i've i've shared with you that uh i have a company struggling with retention uh you've shared uh you know words of affirmation and i've shared with you that uh, i know what it is uh, i know i need to do it i don't know how i don't understand uh how to make it effective i'm afraid of failing and it'll have the reverse effect. Give me a little two or three minute, um, if you will, because we try to we try to uh, put some uh, implementable and practical tools on this podcast. Share with me a little bit. Uh, how would you coach me through that? Yeah. So uh, a couple of things. You, you, one, you need to understand the the full picture uh, because most people, when they hear appreciation, they think of words, right? And so we know already that it's more than words because over half. Uh, desire that. Secondly, that, uh, you know, always the key question is, well, how do I know what somebody's language of appreciation is? And it, it sounds a little bit self-serving, but, you know, if 
to ask you, you know, if I want to show you appreciation, how should I do that? That's a weird conversation in our culture. It just doesn't get you very far. And while in the love languages, Dr. Chapman talks about observing people and what they do, that's easier said and, and done in a personal relationship, home, friendships. In the workplace, you don't have that many data points, right? And so that's why we created our assessment in a copy or a, a code to be able to take it. comes with the book, but you can buy codes for your team. And it identifies not only your primary language and your secondary language, the actions, because what we found is just knowing the language in the workplace isn't sufficient because like quality time, whether you want time with your manager or your colleagues and your least valued language, which is sort of your blind spot. It's the thing you don't think about. And so it's not natural to you, but you're going to have team members that have that. So that's a key part. And, and so what we have lots of resources, whether it's, the book or audiobook or uh, you know we have videos and all that we just say get the information to your team so they understand the concept and then have people take the inventory so that they can do that so it, it the mothership is appreciation at work.com it's the word at not the at sign but appreciation at work.com and has you know sort of the full range of things people can access oh thank you for that the uh, you know a few years ago when my wife and I, I guess it's 20 years ago we went through the love language class and and of course i'd never heard of them before and i went you know i thought how could i miss this for the first 20 years of our marriage mm. then i started trying to do acts of service and gifts even though i'm time in touch and uh, finally one day i just asked her are the things i'm doing in acts of service are they making you feel loved and i couldn't have been more off base Hmm. And so I finally said, well, could you tell me, <laughs> would you yeah. mind telling your clueless husband what that is? So you would be okay as the expert, once people took the assessment at work, if they, if they have the right relationship, say, would you mind giving me a little bit more on what that might look like for you? You'd be yeah. okay with that, right? And, and, and a, great, a great question we use in our training is we'll pair people up and have them share their language and actions. And then have them explain why that's important to them. Because the why, you can have two people that have the same language and even the same actions, but the reason of why that's impactful to them can be very different. And it's really insightful uh, to help you understand people that are different to you and, and what's going that's on. Yeah, okay, that's, that's awesome. Well, um, we're, we're about to wrap this up, but before we do, uh, tell us a little bit about your new book that's coming out. And then anything else that you would want to share with our audience that you might want to leave them with a boom, an impactful word from the expert. <laughs> the grand boobah <laughs> of language <laughs> appreciation at work. There you I go. Would. Well, Dr. Chapman and I uh, and uh, Dr. Jennifer Thomas, who wrote the five languages of apology with Dr. Chapman, teamed up and, and uh, wrote a book called Making Things Right at Work. And uh, it came out this year in 2022 and is on uh, uh, dealing with conflict, where conflict comes from, uh, what it looks like, because it's sort of hidden sometimes, um, what to do when you've messed up, what to do and how to handle it when somebody's, you know, offended you or hurt you and how to get past that. And then I, a key part that I really like is just how to build and rebuild trust. Um, and our culture has a sort of a weird perspective about trust. We don't really fully understand. So we build a model of understanding that it really comes from competence and um, consistency and character that you have those three pieces and then somebody can trust you. So uh, that's what that book's about. It's called Making Things Right at Work. So it, it, it's a nice practical book. 
as far as the big boomer, here's here it is, Ford. Start somewhere with someone. All right. Most people, uh, you know, have good intentions and they think, oh, I ought to do that. And it gets put off or whatever. And it's amazing if you just start, think about somebody that you work with that if they didn't do what they did, your life would be more difficult. That's a great place to start. And just say, and, and if you're going to use words, be specific, use their name. We'd like to hear a name. If you're writing, make sure you spell their name correctly. Um, and be specific about what they do that you value and why it's important to you or the organization or your clients. Because lots of times people understand they're supposed to do it, but they don't really get the why. So do that and, and then watch the reactions. And if you just start, um, it's going to be self-reinforcing. And so that's, that's what I say. Start somewhere with somebody. Well, thank you so much for that. Because what a, what a great way of putting it. You know, Paul, uh, on our show, uh, we have a tagline, uh, and it's called Let's Get Lit. Love, influence, transform. Mm. So I'd like to share with our audience, uh, really encourage you to get Dr. Paul White, Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, well, number one, get the book on the love languages to begin with. But as far as if you're in the workplace, even if you're not the boss, your influence can go straight up. Because remember, you can influence up, you can influence across, you can influence down, and you have influence with yourself. And so remember, if you read the book for yourself, and you grow and understand how to show appreciation to the people around you, you'll probably be the one that gets promoted because you'll they'll see you work with a team that in a way that other people may not be doing. So I really encourage you to, to read the book, maybe get the videos, uh, whether you're the boss or not. And so today, uh, in honor of our guest, uh, who I so appreciate, instead of launching us the way I usually do, I'm going to launch us a little bit different in honor of Dr. Paul White. So let's don't forget, appreciate, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.